Hello everyone, this is George Mapp with the Carolina Tar Wheels. Our speaker is Lisa Watts of the East Coast Greenway Alliance. Lisa and her girlfriend have done something that most of us only dream of. That is to hit the road and take a long distance cross-country bike tour. In this case from Key West to the northern border of Maine. Here's Lisa. So I did indeed last spring, uh, May and June, ride the whole East Coast Greenway, Key West to Hallis, Maine, which is the Canadian border. It was a bucket list trip for me, something I've thought about for about 30 years or so. You all, I'm sure, have heard about the East Coast Greenway because it goes right through here. But I only learned about it about six years ago. We were living in Greensboro, and I saw a job posting. And I thought, wow, there are people building exactly what I want to ride. So, so this is the route. The first caveat we always tell people is, at this point, roughly 3,000 miles, a third is on protected bike paths, protected from traffic. There's still two-thirds to be moved. So it's not completely done, and it's going to take a while. But this is partly why I was interested. So this is my map. Um, elementary school in Atlanta. I live in Durham now. Junior high school in Baltimore. Our two kids live in New York City. High school in greater Boston area. I worked at camps on the Cape and in Maine. So I'm a child of the East Coast, and I always thought that a bike trip would be a great way to connect those dots. And it was. Um, but two years ago, I left my job doing communications at the School of Science and Math because the East Coast Greenway Alliance had a communications job open. I was scheming. <laughs> um, it's, it's what I do at the Greenway. I, I work on the website. I do the newsletter. I do social media. But I also thought, this is going to be a really good way for me to take this bucket list trip. And it was. So we had a 25th anniversary celebration in the fall of 2017, and it was a lot of work. We got through it. It was all successful. Um, and then we had a big conference in April. We got through that. It was all successful. And then my boss kindly granted me two-month leave to um, take this trip. And I went with my friend Dee. So Dee and I met in Boston um, mid-'80s. She was teaching business at Northeastern, and I was editing the alumni magazine in Boston. And we found out on the first day of work we rode the bus to um, orientation that we both like to run and ride bikes. And the adventure started from there. She talked me into running my first Boston Marathon, and we've done two since then, and we've done bike trips, but really they just whetted my appetite because we would do it for a week. And I think, I love this. I love that, you know, you're stripped down to just whatever you carry on your bike and life is very simple. I really wanted to see what that felt like for more than a week. And then the timing was such that Dee retired from teaching at Providence College. Um, so all of a sudden her schedule was open her partner, Sally, agreed because she's very much a caretaker. She was our driver. And since our trip, people have asked me all kinds of questions about how to do the trip and how do I get to the tip of Maine or how do I get to Key West? I'm like, you need a Sally with a car that can drive you, and she was willing to do it. So here we are uh, on the morning before we left for Key West in Durham. We took two days to drive down there. And then we started. It was May 4th. And I have to tell you, as much as we've ridden, as many experiences we have, we were incredibly naive because that first week it ended up being a heat wave in Florida. And in Providence, Dee had, hadn't even had spring. And we had had a pretty rough spring. It was, um, you know, 90 degrees, about 9 in the morning in Florida. And um, the first day... Key West to Marathon, we thought, oh, it's 50 miles and it's flat. This is just going to be a bunch of photo ops like this. You know, you go over bridges and um, famous last words. <laughs> um, this is not my photo, but if you can see the little sign, Seven Mile Bridge, when we hit that, it was about 40 miles. It had already rained on us. My front tire had gone flat, and I hadn't had a flat in about 15 years. And it was there was a headwind of 18 to 20 miles per hour. 
And then the bridge. The bridge is seven miles across the ocean. Um, and I don't like bridges. <laughs> and, you know, it's flat, and then it goes up a little bump, and then it goes down. You couldn't even coast down the down part because the headwind was so strong. Um, we both felt kind of nauseous for all kinds of reasons. You have the Jersey barrier on one side, cars rushing by you on the other. It's terribly loud. It was not a good experience, but we made it. So then, day two, it's even warmer. Um, and we were still happy around here. This is Key Largo. We've hit 100 miles. We stopped in to see the service project at the end of the River Relay, the East Coast Greenway anniversary event. We helped this state park with some of their hurricane damage. And that was the thing about the Keys. There is so much grit on the shoulders and so many little, what would have been nice bike bridges that are out because of hurricanes. The Keys are still in kind of rough shape. Um, but everything was still really good here. But we had met a cyclist in Starbucks that morning, and he got really excited to see cyclists because there aren't that many in Florida. And he told us we were headed for Homestead that night, and he said, oh, don't turn left at Key Largo onto one. Keep going straight. It'll be much quieter, much nicer. And we asked the park ranger at this state park, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I see cyclists there all the time. We said, but we don't really want more miles, just a few. <laughs> And it was just, um, Dee called it uh, Purgatory Road because it never ended. And Google Maps told us it would be seven miles. It was like 15. And this is 95 degree heat. So that day, second day, was 96 miles. S sunburn, heat rash. <laughs> uh, Florida was not my favorite state. But then the next day, we rode into Miami. And that was really cool. In general, one of my favorite things on this trip, the design of the Greenway is intentionally urban. 25, 27 years ago when they started routing it. I love that. It's to go where people live, to go where the population is. It's not just for recreation, it's for commuting, transportation. Um, and many cities have really nice Greenways. So if you picture driving into Miami or Philadelphia, you think highways. But this is um, a bike path. Um, underneath these elevated light rails. So not only are you on this um, park in between highway, but we had the shade from the elevated rail. And shade is at a premium in Florida in 95 degrees. <clears throat> and really, that's what a lot of Florida looks like. Um, and the Greenway, for whatever reason, just keeps alternating between A1A and the intercoastal waterway. So you ride along the waterway, and then you ride along the ocean, and you go over lots and lots of bridges, if you like bridges. But when you can see the water, it's beautiful. Sometimes there's shade, not often. <laughs> so again, I do communications for the Greenway. This fellow is very active on Instagram as the bearded gent. Um, and this is a stretch of 35 miles? of Greenway in the middle of the Florida coast. The local intelligence he gave us was that maybe 12 miles up the road, we should look for this little blue tarp in front of a little house because there's an honor system snack stop. And you can see there is nothing. There is no shade. There is no convenience store. It's great to be on Greenway, but there's nothing there. Um, and so sure enough, we found it. And this is a, do you remember her name? Murdy, this woman, it's just in front of her house, and she's got everything you'd want. Ice cold drinks, snacks, and you just put your money in the box. It was wonderful. <laughs> we were trying to keep the whole trip as affordable as we could, but we, the first thing we agreed on with no question was we weren't going to camp. We're too old for camping. We've done that. So it was a combination, roughly thirds, a third friends and family, a third motels, and a third Airbnb. Airbnb was by far my favorite because in the little towns where there's no motels, it's really the only option, but the host would be so kind, and they'd give us lots of local information, and they'd say, oh, just put your bike in the shed, you know, and this was a beautiful neighborhood in St. Augustine that we would never have seen if we weren't staying there. So I am ready to do ads and sponsorship with Airbnb if, if they'll have us. And they leave you snacks often. 
this is, um, there's two state parks, Big Talbot Island, Little Talbot Island, uh, just near Amelia Island. So we're getting to the northern end of Florida. Gorgeous. They were beautiful. This is part of it. So uh, they really embrace trails and greenways around greater Amelia Island. It was lovely. All the bad things I've said about Florida don't apply to Amelia Island and the northern end. And then this is just one of the many, many, many hundreds of people who helped us. Uh, we stayed. It was our first rest day, pretty much one day a week. We took a day off, and our friend Virginia lives on Amelia Island. And she said, you can't ride the road from there into Georgia. There's too much construction. It's terrible. So she had this friend and, and their cyclists gave our bikes a very cushy ride over to St. Mary's, Georgia. So we avoided all the mess and rode in Georgia and South Carolina. So this fellow, Terry, uh, owns a bike shop in St. Mary's, Georgia, right on the Florida border. And he, I had interviewed him for work. And he said he was going to come by and say hi. So I really thought that morning he would say hi and we'd shake hands. He rode with us the whole day. We were ending in um, Brunswick, I think. There's a huge bridge, very scary bridge, to get to Brunswick from St. Mary's. And when I told him, no, I'm serious, I hate bridges, he rerouted us and rode with us the whole way. One of the hundreds of people who is championing the Greenway even in a community that thinks this is frivolous, you know, we need to pay for teachers and firefighters, why are we building a trail? <coughs> Terry gets it. He gets that it's safe for your families locally. It's great for um, tourism, which is lucrative in their area. So anyway, we had a fun day with a great navigator. Also, we didn't have to navigate. When we had local people riding with us for the day, we could just enjoy the ride. My friend Virginia came with us for a few days. This is one of the beautiful little towns, um, Darien, Georgia, and um, they are starting to get the potential of bicycle tourism. It's a, it's a charming little town, a couple little restaurants, places to stay. In a community where there's a very high, maybe 40% of the residents don't own cars, what the Greenway would mean to them is totally transportation, but also economic <coughs> development. And then we made it to Savannah. So this fellow is the Georgia and South Carolina Greenway coordinator. We have staff from Maine to Florida, and their job is to be on the ground working with local partners, encouraging them, helping with funding, offering expertise. So he was our... Um, dinner host that night in Savannah and kind of gave us intelligence about the route ahead. Virginia had laughed about our day from St. Mary's to Brunswick, about how at one point we had seven people, and she said, this is getting to be like Forrest Gump. So we, we rented the movie and watched it one night in Georgia. It still holds up, great movie, and, and then we just recreated our own scene in Savannah. <laughs> So what Brent's intelligence had been about what was ahead of us in South Carolina is you get some of the worst of the East Coast Greenway and some of the best. And he was absolutely right. So this sign is close to, or maybe on, Alligator Alley. The infamous Alligator Alley is four miles where you have, you can see not a whole lot of shoulder. And if there is shoulder, it's rumble strips. Virginia said they call it shake and bake. And if a truck comes by and you need to get over, your only option is really a ditch where there are indeed alligators. <laughs> so uh, a bunch of people who did, they've, they've been riding the Greenway a week a year, had done it two years ago and said, oh my God, an alligator alley and watch out. And I think, who knows, time of day, we did this first thing in the morning leaving Savannah. There was no traffic. It was beautiful, and it, it, I think it's a wildlife refuge. We had a wonderful ride, so Alligator Alley was not an issue. At the end of the day, this is Beaufort. Beaufort, South Carolina, Beaufort, North Carolina. Beaufort, the Spanish Moss Trail, is about 12 miles through town, and here you ride right through an old depot. It's gorgeous, beautiful. Uh, at this point, we had had... And then this was the day we were headed to Charleston, South Carolina. We had unbelievable luck with weather. 
rain fronts kept being just ahead of us or just behind us. And on this morning, we're riding on Highway 17. It is the worst of South Carolina. Again, there's not a lot of shoulder. There's not a lot of anything. And this funny diner, truck stop kind of place popped up. And we were ready for coffee. We were always ready for coffee. And we were in there for about five minutes, checking our email, doing what we do. And it just started bucketing, bucketing. And then this whole group of motorcyclists came in, pulling in from the rain. We sat and talked. This woman had done um, GOBA, Great Ohio Bicycle Adventure, and Dee and I had done Exoba, the sort of small offshoot of that. So it turned out a motorcyclist actually rides bicycles. They were really nice. They shared their Twizzlers with us. And then the rain stopped, and we rode on to Charleston, and we realized 10 or 15 minutes difference. If we had been out on Highway 17 in that bucketing, there was nothing. There was no shoulder. It's just grass and fire ants, and um, unbelievably lucky that that place happened to be there at that time. And we learned that motorcyclists aren't all bad. So I don't like bridges. It goes back to something that happened. I was driving a great big SUV in the middle of the night when I was in my 40s. But this is the um, Ravenel Bridge out of Charleston heading north. This bridge was fine. <laughs> there's, you know, you've got a decent two-sided two lanes, and there's protection. I even stopped at the landing. I, you, some of you have probably seen this bridge, but there's a beautiful place you could stop and look down on the river. It was fine. And then again, we're along the waterway. So this is heading up South Carolina. Um, it's still early to mid-May. We didn't see a lot of cyclists. We didn't see a lot of anybody, really. Sometimes the greenway turns into dirt roads. That was a little bit challenging, plus horse flies. Georgetown was a very charming um, city that actually has a whole industrial history, uh, textiles, uh, fishing, boat building. And we stayed at this Airbnb, and my back tire was flat in the morning in his garage, and he helped me change it. <laughs> Extra service for Airbnb. And then this day, we rode to Myrtle Beach. Um, and as we're starting here, it's just starting to rain. There's beautiful Greenway. Myrtle Beach is the first city to complete its full stretch of the East Coast Greenway. It's only 12 miles, but still, they're very proud of it, and it's very nice. Again, it's Locally, it's great for families, it's great for commuters, it's great for visitors. But if it rains in Myrtle Beach, the water is going to be up past your calves. And um, there's a few potholes. And it started raining like that and bucketing. And it was bike week, not bicycle week, but motorcycle week. So we, we stopped at a Harley-Davidson store where there are all these pickup trucks. And we asked kindly if any of these nice men would like to give us a ride 15 miles up the road to our hotel was North Myrtle Beach. And they looked at us. Y'all need a motor for those things, they told us. So <laughs> no takers. But we, we were freezing cold. I mean, it just started raining harder and harder, and it was cold. And this is a Dell Webb realty, realtor. We stopped because there was an awning, and we were trying to look at our maps out of the rain and figure out where there might be a coffee shop. And Dee went in to ask these women, and they said, we have coffee. And sure enough, they had a Keurig with, you know, a 100 pods, and we just kept making coffee. And then they brought out a basket of snacks, and we stood there shivering because it was air-conditioned and looking at what the rest of our route looked like. And this couple are customers of the realtors, and they had listened, and the man was conferring about our route with me. So finally, we just got ourselves together and went back out and pulled on our cold, wet raincoats and all our gear. And he came walking out and he said, I know, I know you probably want to do the whole thing, but I do have a truck. I, I could give you a ride. <laughs> and I looked past him to Dee and she's like. <laughs> so they were unbelievable. It was a brand new truck and we sat in the back of the cab and they had a stack of fluffy towels that we wrapped around ourselves. It was perfect, and they gave us a ride to the hotel. We loved them. So then we hit North Carolina and Virginia, and immediately you start climbing. I hadn't had to change gears since Key West, but all of a sudden there's these little rolly hills. 
and Dee loved cotton. She really, she, Dee is a, a woman of the world. She uh, grew up in England and South Africa. She's hitchhiked around South America. She hadn't seen the South a lot, so fascinated to see cotton fields. Um, Elizabethtown, do you know? Little Elizabethtown Inn. This was, it was this beautiful inn in the middle of this tiny little town, and the owners are now from South Africa, so at breakfast they could talk South Africa with Dee. Um, but totally unexpected in the middle of very rural eastern North Carolina. In Fayetteville, Fayetteville is really a, a small city that's coming back and totally embracing the Greenway. So it's the Cape Fear River Trail, beautiful Greenway just outside the city. These were really nice days. Of course, I was really excited because we were getting closer and closer to Durham where we were taking a day off at home. Nothing like that. There were some issues with navigation. I really wanted to follow the Greenway. I was taking pictures for my job. I wanted to know the Greenway. Dee kept comparing our Greenway map with Google Maps for bikes. The Greenway is not the most direct because we're trying to take advantage of any existing Greenway paths. So sometimes the Greenway might go like that when you could actually go like that. So what we decided on is if the weather looked bad or there was any other urgent need, we would follow the more direct Google Maps. And this was a day coming into Clayton. Dee needed to get her bike looked at, so we wanted to make sure we were there on time. <laughs> we just kept ignoring the road cl close sign because it hadn't ever bothered. We could always ride on the sidewalk or something. And lo and behold, there's this huge ditch. <laughs> and at one point, Dee is a much braver woman than I am. She's about 10 years older, but brave beyond means. She's up on the other side, and I need to hand her my really heavy touring bike, and I'm starting to slip into that mud. So I'm either going to lose my shoe or my bike, and I just had to, like, I can do this. Got it up there. She's laughing the whole time. <laughs> to me, it was a little treacherous, but we made it. And then this is the next morning, leaving Clayton, heading to Durham. It, I was like a little kid at Christmas. Not only because I was going home and I was going to see my husband, but this stretch, I hope you all try it as much as you can, from Clayton to Durham is almost completely on Greenway. It's beautiful. And you come up in downtown Raleigh. It's, it's a wonderful way to see the area. So again, all of a sudden, before I knew it, there we were in downtown Raleigh. A friend, Kinga, who lives in Raleigh, met us for breakfast and kind of led us through. You go a tiny bit of NC State campus. You ride through a bit of Umstead, which was fun. Again, I had thicker tires, so Umstead was kind of a treat. And then we came out and we met someone familiar to you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Dave kindly showed up, and this would happen, um, you know, every week or so along a ride. To see that familiar East Coast Greenway jersey was like, oh, it's home, you know, and just uh, that's the first thing you see from far away. Not only great to see a friend, but again, we could then just enjoy the ride and not pay attention. He led us the rest of the way to Durham, and... Um, it's not all that straightforward. It's a little bit better now because, again, another section has just opened. But um, that was a treat. So we stopped and had a little picnic in Bond Park in Cary. Nice place to hang. And then we stopped at the office. So that's Dennis, the executive director. Niles, the deputy director, greeting us. We had cold drinks. And then we hopped on the American Tobacco Trail, which our office backs right up to and headed home. That's heading into Durham, and Kinga asked me how I felt, and I said, I, I strangely feel like I'm just coming from a day at work, you know, you sort of, I, I rode here from Key West, but you kind of forget that. So we had a great day in Durham, and then we got back on the road, and coming to Virginia, it gets really rural, and you start climbing. Um, it's beautiful, but there is some climbing. And Niles, our deputy director, said this is some of his favorite stretch. And, and there were parts that were beautiful. Because I lived in Ohio for 10 years, a lot of it reminded me of kind of rural Ohio. And it's that rolling um, 
Lots of farms, beautiful farmhouses. We stopped in this tiny little town of Boyton. Boyton? Boyton. It was Memorial Day weekend. I, I suspect that the town is quiet anyway, but this was completely dead. There was one restaurant where we were able to find some food, thankfully. And then this is the Tobacco Heritage Trail, and you can see it starts out beautifully on the southern end, paved and accessible, and then it gets a little bit overgrown. Nice, but it's good to have wider tires. And then there were some um, these nice bridges, but then there were these steps, and Dee kept thinking that they were fitness um, stations, and I said, no, they're for horses. So it's very much a horse trail, too, where you can step up and climb on the horse or tie the horse up. So this is just to show you again, Virginia was kind of like, the full range. We stayed at the Nottaway Inn, which I drove a couple months ago and realized it's been torn down. Um, a classic old roadside motel right off of 85. And then it was next to a truck stop with Dunkin' Donuts and Subway. Dee loves Dunkin' Donuts and Subway. She's got the app. She gets savings. She likes to make a salad. I, could, I got really sick of Dunkin' Donuts and Subway. But then in Petersburg... There was this high-end latte espresso shop. So we kind of had, you know, the full range of coffee experiences. And I think we missed one of the neater things about the Greenway coming into Richmond because, again, we were following these um, Google Maps. But uh, this, is, this is not the Greenway Bridge. I'm not completely comfortable in this picture. It's very um, like you're over the rushing James River, and it doesn't feel very protected, so um, it's kind of a fake smile. And we stayed at the hostel on purpose. We had three offers of kind people offering us a place to stay, but I'd heard so much that the hostel in downtown Richmond is bike-friendly. I really wanted to check it out. Well, we were ridiculously rookies. You need to ask for the um, lower bunk, <laughs> um, and you need to ask for the smaller rooms. We both ended up with the upper bunks. We had two young women below us. That was the night I had to get up three times to use the bathroom. It, it was not a good night, um, but lesson learned, and it, it was a charming place right downtown. It also didn't seem that cheap. I, I want to say it was like $35 or so. Lessons learned. But back to Airbnb. So this is uh, Fredericksburg, really charming town. Um, what I found a lot with Airbnb is they were couples in retirement or just about to retire, empty nesters. So they have beautiful houses, and it's pretty simple to sign up for Airbnb. And they truly welcomed guests. You know, the idea of people were interesting. And this woman is an artist, and we said, do you mind if we bring our bikes in? And it was a rainy day. And so we wheeled them into her front parlors, her studio, and our bikes hung out at night with all of her paintings. It just could not have been kinder. Told us stories about where her, she had a huge painting of Chairman Mao and a long story of why that was. Very interesting. And then that morning from Fredericksburg to Occoquan, Virginia, um, about a half, 30 miles south of Alexandria. It poured, it was lousy, and then we got here to this little town on the river, and this woman, Deb, had read about our trip in the East Coast Greenway newsletter and offered us a place to stay if we wanted to take a rest day there, two nights, and she would ride with us. So she met us for lunch, rode with us. Again, we didn't have to pay attention, and the sun came out. It turned out to be a beautiful afternoon, so everything changed. This is this really, this is Lorton. And it's an old reformatory prison that they're turning into um, art center condos. And you ride the greenway right through the grounds. Very cool. Not far outside of Alexandria. And then riding into Alexandria. So we stopped at this park to talk a little bit. And I just had a feeling we had had a press event about a year ago. And sure enough, there's the plaque. We installed the plaque. This is roughly halfway in Alexandria, Virginia. So we were halfway, and it was one month. So it was all um, well-timed. We spent the day in um, 
being tourists in Washington, D.C., and this was, um, you know, the Burning Man Festival out west. Um, this was a, an exhibit with stuff from the Burning Man, and this was participatory, and it's, you could answer, um, before I die, I want to, and I said, finish biking the East Coast Greenway, so made it happen. And then uh, Niles, my colleague at work, just happened to be in Washington that day, so we got to have lunch with him. I love Dee. She's a dear friend. Two months of being like three feet from each other all day on our bikes and then together all night, it's hard. <laughs> so running into people, having people bike with us just helped just to mix up the conversation. And um, I was really glad to see Niles. And then early in the morning, we rode out. The Greenway goes right through the National Mall. It was a beautiful morning. It's really fun because you have it to yourself. You know that in an hour or two, it's just going to be jammed with tourists. There were just a few running groups. And so here's another woman who met us. This woman is Jane. She does the Week a Year tour. She shows up with her East Coast Greenway jersey and um, was immediately a friend. And she, this is the B&A Trail, the Baltimore and Annapolis. She's very proud of it. It's incredible. It's kind of the model of where greenways are going more and more that amenities come to you. So just off the trail, we stopped at a diner. There's a bike shop, ice cream places. So you have destinations or things you can go to on the greenway. And, and it didn't turn cold. So we stayed in downtown Baltimore in a funny place. The visitor center found for us it was about $80, but the rain came in the room. <laughs> But it was fine, the hot water worked, Wi-Fi worked. And then heading out of Baltimore, you go through um, Druid Hill, Druid Hills Park, gorgeous by the zoo. It's this rolly, beautiful greenway. A volunteer has taken the time to put green stamps on the sidewalk and greenway so that you can follow them easily. The easier we can make navigation, obviously, the more you can enjoy the trip. This was one of our favorite Greenway stretches. This is the Tory Brown Trail, maybe 15 miles out of Baltimore, and it was European. It was a um, dirt path uh, going along a river and across were farms. Um, lots of people out walking. It was gorgeous. And most days, because we were just following this line on our map, we didn't really know what was ahead. So when you when you turn off a road onto this, it's a treat. This is what the Greenway is. You can stop worrying about traffic and noise. The Greenway actually turns off to start heading east in Maryland, and the Tory Brown Trail keeps going, which makes you a little sad. But it's still rural. It's horse farms. Um, it's a beautiful part of Maryland. And so then one of the pain points along the Greenway that will take a long time to figure out is the bridge over the Susquehanna at Havre de Grasse, Maryland, crossing almost into Delaware. But our coordinator there said there is this option, the local bus. So we waited at the McDonald's about a half mile from the bridge, and he comes along, 50 cents for D as a senior, a dollar for me. He doesn't help you, but if you can figure out how to pull the rack down and put your bike on, you're good. And so you can see from his see, there's just nothing there. It's just there's no shoulder whatsoever in a Jersey Bear. And at one point, they didn't allow bikes at all on this bridge. And now it's weekends, maybe. It's very difficult. This was a great option for us. And so we rode on into Delaware, and this is a greenway coming into the little town of Newcastle. And if you were going to take just three days to do part of the greenway, my recommendation now is Newcastle, Wilmington, that area of Delaware. So this is this little port town um, on the Delaware River. This is D coming in on that greenway. It's gorgeous, totally unexpected. And then it's a very colonial town. The flags are flying for all the countries that once claimed Newcastle. There's one other. So tons of history and beautiful old red brick buildings. Um, we were so charmed. We couldn't stay long because we were going on to Wilmington. But now what's happened between Newcastle and Wilmington is the Jack Markell Trail, 12 miles of gorgeous Greenway that just opened this past fall. Um, so again, highly recommend that. When we were there, it was still under construction. Um, but this is a nature center 
at the sort of terminus of this long, long boardwalk, and you get a view of the salt marsh. They've done a lot of restoration. It, it was beautiful. And at the Nature Center, it's always, first of all, when people know what the East Coast Greenway is, it was always a nice thing, but they, they celebrate it. They have a map right in their visitor center. Um, and you can see in the far corner is a rendering of what that bridge looks like that they've just opened. It's truly beautiful. And then this is the river walk in Wilmington. So you can see you, you ride on a little ways and there's restaurants and shops and things uh, just about a mile from downtown Wilmington, which is a bustling city. And then north of Wilmington is uh, the Northern Delaware Greenway and it gets natural very quickly. There's stone faces and steep climbs and a beautiful greenway. So again, you've just been in a busy city and then you're in the middle of the woods on the Greenway. And then entering Pennsylvania. So actually what would make a great trip is to go on from Wilmington to Philadelphia, and that's going to happen. This is an area that really gets greenways and trails, but right now this stretch is a little bit industrial and gritty. Um, you're still following the, I think it's the Schuylkill there, but it has potential to be wonderful, and I think more and more those communities are getting what that means. This is still coming south of Philadelphia. And then you come to the John Hines uh, Wildlife Refuge. And so if you can see the sign, um, I-95 is maybe 200 yards to the side. And beyond that is the Philadelphia airport. But you could not be more remote. You're among wildflowers. Um, it's gorgeous. And it's kind of fun to hear the cars rushing by and know that you don't have to deal with them but the surface can be a little shaky. <laughs> and this is one of these places, this is Southwest Philadelphia, and we just stopped, it was a great coffee place, and this fellow and this woman were totally fascinated with what we were doing, and asking us, because we're not young women, and, and you've come from where, and you're going where, and the more we told them, and there's a Greenway sign right out the door of the shop. So I walked the woman out, and I said, you see this? When you're ready to get on your bike, back on your bike, you can decide. You can go south to Florida, north to Maine. It's, it's all right there. Maybe we made two converts. I don't know. And then this is the postcard view as you're coming into Philadelphia, the Schuylkill River Trail, um, this beautiful boardwalk over the river. Usually there's tons of people running, walking, biking. Um, it's kind of like the Charles River bike path in Boston. Beautiful. Again, that, that area, greater Philadelphia, is embracing greenways. And if I had to choose an area, that might be one to take a week or a long weekend or something like that. And then you hit the um, canal trail. So... This is the DNR along the canal, and this part looks good. It's a real variety of um, surfaces. This was dirt that was fine. Sometimes you're riding on um, cobblestones. That's a little tough. And eventually my front pack uh, sort of bobbled and fell off. There was so much jarring. Sometimes I think it's better to walk than to try to ride them. Sylvia got a flat tire, amazingly, on the campus of Rutgers, right by a, a Greenway kiosk. <laughs> so we had a place in the shade. Um, she changed it, and it was staying soft. So she was going to take the train on back to Princeton. And Niles had already told me in Washington, I said, Niles, I'm, I'm really scared of what I've heard about the Meadowlands Bridge. Um, it's Greenway, but I, I've just I've seen pictures of how overgrown it is. I don't like bridges. And he said, take the train. You know, we're not missing a Greenway section. It's not very nice. So I had the train idea plugged in my head, and this just came a little bit earlier. Um, Sylvia went in and bought our tickets so that we, we really wanted to take the ferry. We didn't. But uh, we had to pull our bikes up escalators, two floors, to the train tracks. And, you know, we've got panniers on. All the weight is in the back. And I watched this woman, Tommy, do it, no trouble. And I thought, she can do it, we can do it. And it's the first time I've seen Dee scared because you get on and all of a sudden the escalator wants to pull you back. So you feel like you're just going to topple with your bike. 
and I was determined and we did it. And so then I went and sought her out and introduced myself and said, you inspired me. And she just started writing and she said, you inspired me. This is just what I needed. Sylvia is standing on the other side of the train tracks and she leads sort of beginner friendly rides and took her number. <laughs> it was all beautiful at the train station in uh, Brunswick, New Jersey. So this is coming out of uh, Penn Station, where the fact that two women with their bikes loaded down, it's nothing. There's everything going on. Nobody cares. Uh, and we rode right for the Hudson River Greenway, which is my favorite way to do New York City. That's part of the Greenway. It's the most heavily trafficked section of the Greenway um, up to the West End. And the next day, we a friend had gifted us with a couple nights stay in a hotel. We left our bikes in the hotel, precious that they are, and did bike share, because what else will we do? <laughs> so, and then this is the Hudson River Greenway living, leaving the city. You can see the traffic coming in. We were clearly going the right way against the flow. But if you haven't tried that Greenway in New York, it's a trip. I mean, it's a bike highway. There's every kind from cruisers to people going fast to people visiting from other countries. Um, the, the sad thing is, uh, two Halloweens ago, that's where the terrorist drove onto the Greenway with his truck and purposely drove in and killed people. So what they've done further down, closer to where the attack was, anywhere there's a cut through for, you know, a curb cut, they've plopped these individual Jersey barriers right in the middle of the bike lane as if to deter drivers. It just makes biking a little more complicated. It was just a sad reminder of what had happened. And this is a Greenway volunteer, Jeff, who in retirement leads people on trips just north of New York City. And this ride um, to Stanford was absolutely gorgeous. So again, if you know that area at all, and you, you would know it from 95, you see the signs, Bridgeport, Stanford, and you, you think it's gritty because 95 is gritty, but there was no greenway, it was all roads, but it was spectacular. It was gorgeous views like this. You come curving around a bend and there's beach. It was, it was one of our favorite days. Clearly the weather was beautiful too. This was a park along close to Bridgeport. And this is Sarah, um, a newer member of the board of the East Coast Greenway. And she offered us a place to stay with her in New Haven. There's a crazy cyclist. She's doing Paris Breast Paris. She has an issue with um, getting flat tires a lot. She was working on her tire there. Um, but it was great to talk bikes. And she's was in the process of moving. So we just sort of slept. We camped out amidst her boxes and things. And then the Greenway starts right by there, right on the campus of Yale in New Haven. And this is this famous stretch, the Farmington Canal Trail. You can go 80 miles to Massachusetts straight north-south, about that, with a few little gaps. Um, and again, there's starting to be more amenities along the way, so you can stop at a couple inns, stop at restaurants. This fellow, Rob, lives in West Hartford, great cyclist, and he rode down, met us maybe five miles north of New Haven, and then rode the rest of the way, was our tour guide. So they were working on this stretch, and Rob was doing a little quality control, but it, it's a pretty spectacular stretch of the Greenway. Another recommendation, you could spend easily two or three days in Connecticut, and mostly on Greenway. We had to climb three big hills. The last one was to get to Rob's house. You can't see it, though. It was totally worth it. That looking east to Hartford, and you see the gold dome of the state capitol and a mountain ridge. And yes, the next day, we did have to climb that mountain ridge. So uh, he took us through downtown Hartford, which is part of the Greenway, so the capitol. And the Greenway goes right through this beautiful park. And then this is a beautiful bike pedestrian bridge over the Connecticut River into East Hartford. Just gorgeous. And then this is the Hop River Trail. Beautiful. You're in the middle of Connecticut and um, an old rail trail. Um, the fellow in the back had written to me. He used to be another 150 pounds heavier. 
He was a motorcycle rider. He had an accident. He needed to have a hip replacement, but first he needed to lose 100 pounds. So he discovered biking and he discovered the Greenway. So a really happy story. And he was just along for the ride as we kept running into uh, Greenway folks. And then um, the next day, we had rain the whole day, but it didn't matter because we hit Rhode Island, and Rhode Island was almost completely greenway. Little tiny state, but beautiful greenways, and Dee was heading home. And I used to live in Rhode Island. It kind of felt like going home. And then Dee wasn't sure how the greenway would take us into Providence. You know, this is her home turf, and all of a sudden we found ourselves on Broadway, and this is the bike shop where she got her bike. So that was a happy reunion. And then if you look at the maps, we took, there's um, three or four complementary routes off of the main spine route, and they typically take advantage of coasts, so they're a little indirect. We took the complementary route from Providence down the East Bay bike path, gorgeous, out southeastern Massachusetts, and then out the length of Cape Cod, and then took the ferry back. And that was really fun. So we started out with a group of folks. This is Fall River. You know, Fall River, New Bedford have kind of a whaling history. Better times have definitely seen the area. And we got so many warnings. Be careful in Fall River. And it was fine. There were these beautiful greenway paths. People were friendly. Um, and then you take the Cape Cod Canal Trail, which is beautiful. But what it means as you come along the canal trail, then you have to cross the bridge, the Sagamore Bridge, to go to Cape Cod. And if you live in the area, you know if you're going to the Cape, you have to think about when you're driving because of the traffic on the bridge. And it's a rule that you uh, you have to walk your bike. <laughs> but it was awful. That's a raised sidewalk. It's kind of narrow, so you're about a foot above the road, and trucks are just passing by. Three of us all have our heads down, and Dee's oblivious. She's, you know, taking pictures over her head. <laughs> so my friend Mark is a college friend, and he came along with us from Providence back to Boston. And once we crossed the bridge, he said, we all need ice cream. And this is supposedly the best ice cream shop. It's in uh, Craigville or Centerville, Cape Cod, so we're celebrating surviving the bridge. So this is the Cape Cod Rail Trail, which kind of goes north-south. So you can't take a greenway the whole length of Cape Cod, but once you hit Dennis, going north and south is a beautiful greenway. The fellow in red is Bob. He's on our greenway board, and he was hosting us that night. And then the next day, he rode with us to Provincetown. So there, we rode the rest of the greenway, but then this is the road curving up to Provincetown. So this is... Um, early June. It felt like fall, but it, like the season hasn't really started on the Cape. We had it to ourselves. It was lovely, gorgeous. We've only got one week to go, so we're almost done. Um, we took the high-speed ferry to Boston. Boston was where I lived in my 20s. It's where I met my husband, Bob. I used to own the city, and it was amazing to be going through on my bike, and it's grown so much, but it's a pretty bike-friendly city. This is midday, lots of people out, a beautiful day. It, that was an exciting trip. And then we hit the Charles River bike path. So again, Dee and I worked at Northeastern University, and we would run at lunch on this bike path. And then I used to walk my first, my oldest, on in a stroller on this bike path. It, it just brought back a lot of memories, and it was gorgeous. And then we crossed into New Hampshire, where right now the Greenway route goes along the ocean. It's one of the few oceanfront areas other than Florida. Um, soon it's going to be a rail trail a little bit inland. So you can take your choice. You can ride with traffic on a beautiful road, or you can ride on a safe rail trail in a few years. And then we had company. This is... Portsmouth, New Hampshire, crossing into Maine. This fellow did the same ride a month ahead of us. He's my age. His friend John, who's 10 years older, like he is. And we were following all their social media posts. So he was actually, he gave me a heads up about a couple of things, including an upcoming bridge. This was not the bridge. This is a nice uh, bike pedestrian bridge in Belfast, nice and flat. But the bridge is coming. There's the bridge! 
So there's an optical illusion. I'm sure you've seen it with hills when you're riding, where a hill looks enormous when you're up from the other side, and then you go down, and it's really not that bad. That was the case. This is Fort Knox. That just looked gigantic, and it's the Penobscot River. It's rushing. And then we got there, and it was actually tiny. I, this thing that I'd made a big deal about was nothing. So Dee caught my picture conquering the Fort Knox Bridge. But And then another friend with another lake house put us up. So we had a little R&R. &R. Uh, this is the second to last day. We had people telling us at this point, you're badass. You're doing this faster than anybody else has. You know, you're 68 and... 57. We're just like, we're having fun. It's really not that bad. This was the day we were badass because it rained. Uh, this was the condition of a lot of the roads. It rained and then it rained harder. It was blowing. It was really, really cold. So cold we didn't really have the right clothes. And we ended up at the Blueberry Patch Motel and I've never been happier to see a motel. It even had a little heater in the room and it was perfect and we were rescued. This is our last day, so you're almost there. It is so remote, you know. You're you're almost at the Canadian border. There's not much. We did a little picnic. This is a town hall. It was a um, trailer. There was nothing. There was no convenience store, gas station. And then this is the end of the Downey Sunrise Trail. So if you look at your map, it looks like there's an 80-mile stretch of Greenway that goes almost to Callis, almost to the end. Very promising. It's a rail trail, so it's much flatter than the road, but the gravel is huge in places, and we really couldn't do it. So this is the end. Just You get a, a sense of that. It's unfortunate, uh, but it felt like rumble strip gravel. And we hit Callus. When I'm overwhelmed, I cry. So I started crying there, and I think I cried the rest of the day. <laughs> But anyway, I made it, <laughs> and now all I have left is souvenirs. It, it truly was a bucket list, and it took, you know, my husband agreeing that I wouldn't work for two months, and instead I'd be spending money for two months, and mostly he was a little lonely. It took my boss saying yes. It took Sally driving us. A lot of people were kind, but um, I highly recommend it, and not just because I worked on the Greenway um, it was, in my mind, you know, people often talk about riding east-west, west-east as the big American adventure. And to me, that's, you're crossing mountains, you're crossing desert. That just sounds like hard work. This was, because you're often so close to civilization, it just felt sort of like touring light. But still, there was the satisfaction of we covered the whole east coast. So, thank you. <laughs>